Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hootie hoo, Glamour Girls. It is George with a very special announcement, which is that we are doing our first Stradiolab live show in seven months on June 15th at the Bell House in Brooklyn. We are so, so excited to do another live show. We're so excited to see everyone again. We're going to have special guests. We're going to have segments and games, and we're going to stick around after and do shots with everyone. Um, so please buy your tickets. They are available at the Bell House's website. And I'll also put the ticket link in our Instagram and Twitter bio, believe it or not. Um, we cannot wait. We have been craving stage time, craving looking out at our adoring fans. And this is going to have a bigger global impact than the Monster Ball Tour. And that is the Straighter Lab promise. Enjoy the show. Okay, podcast starts now. What is up, everyone around the world? And welcome to Stradio Lab, the nation's leading podcast. George, how are you? <laughs> I actually have a lot of things to say. They all uh, concern listener feedback about our episode that we did without a guest um, at this point two weeks ago. Okay. I think, for the record, that that episode was a smash. I think it will bring us one step closer to winning a Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Kamala Harris. <laughs> so write that down. But there were a few things that were noted via email, DM, Instagram comment, tweet, tweet thread even, that I would like to address. Okay. Number one, the fact that we could not think of a single example of counterculture in the 80s, straight counterculture in the 80s. My comment, we've heard of punk. We've both heard of punk and we've both heard of emo. And yeah, sometimes we are so stressed out from running our own business and being LGBTQ plus entrepreneurs that maybe it doesn't come to us immediately. Maybe instead what we're looking for is not a fact, but a punchline. And if we don't find a punchline immediately, we move on. 
And I also want to add to this and say, you know, as someone who, yeah, was in a band in Brooklyn in 2012, and, you know, as someone who, you know, knew a lot of, of Richmond punks and sort of went to house shows at a regular basis, mm-hmm. to me, I don't see punk as exclusively 80s. Yes, of course, it was popular then, but I want to say it also started in the 70s, Mama. And it kept going and it kept going. It didn't end there. Like, and I just want to say maybe it's because we're both so countercultural and raw and edgy. Yeah, we didn't see it because we didn't see it as a costume. Yeah, I don't really think, first of all, the Ramones are 70s to me, not 80s. And I'm actually not even going to look that up. Well, I'm pretty sure you're right, but I, I'm also maybe not going to look looking it up. Messages. We're not looking it up. And by the way, <laughs> shut up. And, and, and also, you know, I understand that there was a point at which punk was an authentic subculture and not just a Ramones t-shirt that is sold at Urban Outfitters. But guess what? Where's the footage? And don't don't point me to any of the countless documentaries about punk that are all bad because I'm not interested. Well, and I want to say I read the book, Please Kill Me, when I first moved to New York City so I could get sort of an, an understanding of what it was like to, you know, see New York before every single store mm-hmm. was The Gap. And so I know exactly what the hell is going on. So please don't lecture me. And I also want to say I found it interesting. You, George, texted me um, when this when the fallout was happening and mm-hmm. said, um, are you getting all these messages about punk? And I said, no, I have not received a single. <laughs> it's interesting. Message. It's interesting that people think people think they can talk back to me, but they're somehow afraid of you. Or maybe the they think I was doming you. you. It, they, people are obsessed with holding me accountable in a way that is, it's like, shut up. I have flaws too. Just because it's, I speak in a completely, in, in a confident and condescending tone at all hours of the day doesn't mean I can't make mistakes. It was so funny. You get actually, I find it so interesting that like, I feel like people are 90% more likely to message you about anything that's annoying, anything that's annoying. Well, they're stricter with me. They're stricter with me. And they also think that I'm, they also think the tone is very much, and tell Sam too. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, they know that I'm sort of this, I'm, I'm in my flowy clothes. I'm sort of out in the fields, sort of dancing to the music in my head. And they know that I'm, you know, the, the odds of me being on my phone are so slim because I'm so Mm -hmm. in the moment that they're like, you're my keeper in a way. Right. But you know what else? I I think that it's very clear that my personality is such that I care more. I would care more about being wrong on mic. Like my insecurities mm. are are more um, pronounced maybe than yours. I feel like if we each said the same incorrect thing on mic, I would be more nervous about it than you. Would you say that's accurate? Um. Yeah, I think that is accurate. I also think it could literally be like the thing I know the most about. And I'd be like, I could be wrong. Like there's right. something about like my tone that implies like, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course there's something about, you know, it's like, we're trying, we're doing this thing where we like pretend to know more than we actually do. And then to have such a, uh, to, to have such a moment of complete, like um, a complete flub, if you will, to not be able to, to think about the concept of punk um, it's humbling, but I, I know that, I know that we're running long on this interest. So I want to say one more thing, which is the we're not, sec- we're not running long. We're not running long. Okay. It's, it's only been completely 90 on seconds. Time. Yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> the other thing that happened with that episode, which I'm still, I'm horrified by and still making amends, um, is, you know, we both made fun of Gregory's coffee and made fun of the logo being a sort of guy with hipster glasses. 
little did we know two things. A, that man is a Greek-American entrepreneur who started <laughs> Gregory's Coffee. It is, yeah. a, it is a drawing of a Greek businessman that I was so brazenly pushing aside. And B, the glasses are also mugs and it's a little joke. And each glass is a mug and it's two mugs together. And the fact that I saw that and I said, cliche, stupid, boring, flop, get out of my face. And meanwhile, it was literally an optical illusion akin to the rabbit and the old lady. And I didn't even, I didn't even notice it. No, this is, no. I'm not going to say we didn't notice it. I, it's clearly coffee cups. Well, guess sure, what? Of course, now that I see it, I'd notice it. But when, if you were to, at that point, be like, what is the logo of Gregory's Coffee? It would have been like, I don't know, a guy with glasses. Would you well, have known it was without looking at it? Yeah, sure. Okay. It's glasses and they're coffee cups. Like, okay, it fine. Still doesn't it's, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't take away from the fact that the glasses are in the style of like of course, of 2011 course. hipster glasses. And, and if anything, the the coffee mugs, if anything, make it more uh, quote unquote cringe. You know what I mean? Yes, a hundred percent. But that doesn't take away from the fact that I was literally attacking another Greek American entrepreneur on live on air. No, you were showing love to the Greek entrepreneur by asking him to do better. You mm -hmm. were showing that you believe Greek Americans can have a coffee shop that transcends the 2011 hipster culture and still be for all. And That's I true. think your ability to push Greek Americans to their highest and best self, yeah, it borders on abusive, but that's okay mm -hmm. because you are getting the good work out of them. And guess what? At the end of the day, we had both gone to his establishment that day. We had both given him our money, regardless of whether or not we found his art to be derivative. Yeah. And even he was the person that worked there, like forgot about me and um, offered to give me a free pastry. And I said, mm -hmm. no, you sell that to someone because I don't need it. Yeah. And because the pastries look bad. <laughs> they do look bad. They do. They look were not bad. looking appealing. I, and also, by the way, and you know what, actually, now I'm mad at him again, because if, if you know, okay, you're a Greek American entrepreneur, sell some Greek pastries. Why are you trying to assimilate? I didn't see any spanakopita in there. I didn't see any sort of like, uh, you know, maybe a honey-based pistachio type thing, something with a little flair, a little Mediterranean flair. I saw, you know, scones. I saw croissants. I saw, you know, a little sad little sandwich. Yeah, he is to Greek entrepreneurs as Pete Buttigieg is to gay guys. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you're hiding yourself. Let it out. Uh, yeah, even even honestly, his attachment to like the glasses and that hipster image. It's like, why not? Why don't you have a a, a full Greek mustache in the image? Why are you trying to be someone you're not? It's sad, actually. Yeah, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. And I'm glad you spoke up because yeah. he is, he needs to be, you know, called in. Yeah. And um, so in some ways I wish him the best. And in other ways, I'm fucking furious. <laughs> Having well, said that. I think we should bring in our guest. And I agree. I want to say before we bring in our guest that I was just in L.A., and I actually stayed with our guest and um, it was the most lovely stay of my entire life. And um, it was, I actually felt there was both, I stayed in with two people and um, 
our guest was one of them. And both times I literally felt like their teen son. I was really <laughs> giving teen son vibes the whole time. Like there was a point <laughs> where our guest was like, like a, someone was coming over to the house and she was like, um, could you actually clean up your clothes? And I was like, mm-hmm, totally, totally. <laughs> But I have a good excuse, and as soon as we bring them in, I will explain everything. Wow. So without further ado, please welcome back to the podcast, Greta Titleman. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> well, I have a few things that I need to say very quickly. Um, please. And uh-huh. then we can get into when I did tell Sam to clean his room. <laughs> Number one, the Ramones 1970s, that is correct. Just off the bat. Nice. Thank you. Number two, I had no clue that the Gregory's coffee guy had coffee cups as glasses. I had no idea. I mean, when you see it, you're like, oh, sure. It's not like, you know, it's not super sophisticated. But when you think I'm like when I'm like, okay, imagine what the logo looks like. Your mind doesn't go to the coffee cups. No, it goes to that mop of hair. And I would just like to give a little shout out to their vegan lemon pound cake, an excellent, excellent pastry. Mm, Wow. But now that I know that it's owned by a Greek man, I have to say I do agree with you, George. It's like, give us a Greek coffee, at least like give us like one hot tip. Totally. You know, it doesn't need to be the whole thing. And by the way, lemon poppy seed. I mean, you can at least add a little twist like lemon poppy seed. I don't know that that you serve with a sort of a, a Greek jam or fruit jam Honey, or something. Like, lemon poppy seed is such a non-Greek flavor profile. I have three words for you: <laughs> olive oil cake. Mm, and say that. <laughs> That's it, babe. We've solved the and problem. And say that for the people in the back of the Greek Orthodox Church because they need to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> olive oil cake. That's it. That's all we need. And then it's like, and guess what? That that transcends culture, you know. It's true. But Sam, olive oil cake transcends culture. I think even a even a spinach again, something with spinach in it. It can even be a nod to spinach. It doesn't have to be a spinach. It can be just like a spinach puff pastry of any kind. I'm just saying, you know, there's no reason to leave. You know, yes, we're a melting pot in this beautiful country, but we're also, as my teacher used to say, a salad bowl. And yes. you don't need to melt your own identity away to coexist with others. Simply toss so it, you know, toss, toss it in toss it, with honey. the big, toss it in with the big tongs <laughs> is what I have to say. <laughs> now, Sam. Yes. Let's address the elephant in the room. <laughs> our, okay. our famous fight, our famous fight. So, okay. So my excuse that I wanted to share with you <laughs> was that I, I'm... Okay, first off, I had just done Club Comic, and those clothes don't breathe. Let me tell you that. And sometimes I do this thing where I put them in the bag and zip the bag up, and then don't touch them for a month. And you open that bag up, and it is nasty. And so I was sort of just laying the clothes every which way to sort of get them to air out before I packed them up for good. Um, And that's why... (laughs) That's why my clothes are everywhere. Kind of strewn about the room to sort of get little stinker to be a to be less little stinker. A little less stinker, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you know, 
Little Stinker is a mindset. It's not always necessarily so literal. Yeah. Um, and so I was really trying to air those clothes out. But then it was like, oh, of course. <laughs> Of course, it's going to look insane. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I, I want to play uh, devil's advocate for a second. It's like, well, if you're laying them out in an, in a sort of intentional airing out way, yeah, Greta, if I were you, I would look at that and I would imme- I would sort of understand maybe that's what was happening. Like I think you would have to have a you would have to sort of interpret it in bad faith to look at that and be like, wow, he must be so messy that this is how he lays out his clothes. I like totally, did it cross your mind? I yeah. understood what was going on. I cause you okay. know, I yeah. of course yeah. I attended the fabulous event that was Club Comic. Mm-hmm. So I recognized the clothes. I knew what was sure. happening. But here's the thing. We're currently selling our house. So the new (laughs) buyers of our home were coming here. And, you know, it's like when you go to buy a new pair of Prada shoes, do you want to see the store filled with boxes and shit all over the place? No. Do you just want to see the nice shoes presented to you? Yes. You know what I mean? Are you still going to buy the shoes? So I didn't realize it was the new buyers. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. That does add a layer of drama that I that I don't think I fully understood. Oh, yes. I want to say Greta was so respectful. She it wasn't a sort of like it wasn't like pig pick up your stuff. Yeah. Um, It was more like, and yeah, if you could pick up your clothes a bit. And I was like, of course. I of did. Of course. And she told me the context and I knew the context. I did make Sam pick up the clothes on all fours and only use his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Which was tough because I was wearing a ball gag as well. And it was also tough because you were rock hard the whole time in front of the new buyers. <laughs> of course. Now, Sam, I do have a question for you and I'm sorry to put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess it's a it's a two part question. How many times at this point have you performed club comic this time around? Uh, this was my third time. And have any of those clothes been dry cleaned and or washed? Oh my God, George! <laughs> that is a crazy question. The answer George. is hard. No. So. <laughs> So because I'm hearing sort of stories about you potentially zipping them up in a bag, opening it up a month later, then opening it up, putting on the show again in another city and then leaving them in your in your host's living room while her new buyers come in. No, the house. it's my bedroom. It's, thank you. It's painting it was... a picture that really is, if anything, more, you know, you're saying Lil Stinka is, is a state of mind rather than a literal thing. It sounds pretty literal. Wow, I can't believe I'm being attacked this way. I will say, okay, one of the jackets was quite sweaty. Yeah. But I know exactly thing- which jacket you're talking about, honey. <laughs> that big, black, fiery trench coat. There is no way that coat, that is like a boxer's trash bag that they wear to sweat <laughs> out to make weight. It was crazy. And this time I wore different pants than normal and they were like literally snow pants. And it was like I was sweating like wild. Um, But George, um, counterpoint, Mm -hmm. if I wash the clothes, then how will I sell them on the Internet for a lot of cash? Well, okay. (laughs) First of all, (laughs) I think that you can sell. I think that 
as long as they have been worn once at one club comic show, they can be sold for a lot of cash. I don't think people are paying <laughs> quantity over quality on that one. You know, I, I don't, don't think know. I don't think you're going to times. You think you're going to get more money if you've worn them five times than if you've worn them once. Oh, yeah. Uh, people I, are going to get real horny for that. I, I guess think that's that true. If, I mean, I think that if someone is desperately wanting to buy little stinkers stink clothes they want mm -hmm. them to be as stinky as humanly possible of course of course of course you want to know the nastiest part <laughs> yes. you know i do okay so my first iterations of the show were pre-pandemic and i have a mesh tank top that i always have worn that i have never once washed sam the white one <laughs> sam the white one. How is it still white? How is it not like pitted out egg yolk yellow? I also think there's a chance I have tried that on when we did our <laughs> cover shoot for this podcast and we were trying on different outfits. Uh, I didn't even notice. Honestly, putting on someone's sweaty clothes whilst still moist to me is yeah. more intimate than sex. Mm. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like I'm very, it's interesting that this doesn't come up more because I feel like Sam, like I'm very neurotic about cleanliness, almost to a fault, I would say. Like I'm, I'm constant. it's like I'll shower. I also, because I'm a hairy Greek man, like I do smell just more than, you know, it's like I'll shower and then within two hours I'll already feel like I'm, like I'm too smelly or whatever. So I'm very like nervous about that. And then Sam, of course, your whole, you know, your, your your whole backstory is a little stinka. But here's my question to you. Do you feel trapped by that identity? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, well, it's not like... One, I actually have... <laughs> I feel like since that has started, I yeah. actually do shower more. <laughs> sure. <laughs> because mostly because I started working out more regularly. And so it was like, now it's just like, I work out, I shower, I work Who out, Who started that? You did. Or was it was it an insult that was thrown at you and then you reclaimed it? I think I started it. I don't remember I being feel like, with it. I feel like you started it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like the words lull and stinker. It sounds like something only Sam would come up with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it I think it was a self starter. But sure. um, but yeah, now I am like, OK, well, I'm not trying to be like, it's more like it was just like a funny phrase. And now I'm like, I'm not trying to be like literally known for being stinky sure but then sometimes i'll be like I, i'll say something like about deodorant or something and you'll be like no 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 like not about you i'm not i would never be like you should put on deodorant but like if like i'll be like oh no i forgot you know we're on vacation oh no i forgot my deodorant and you're like who whatever who needs it well it's true you're on so vacation. in that in that sense you it is very much part of your identity yeah well i do think i i'll wear deodorant when it's like if i'm like going if I'm doing like a shoot or something where I'm like, I know I'm going to be like one, trying on other people's clothes two like having to be any time I'm supposed to be professional in theory, I'll like do it. But then it's like, but if I'm on vacay, who cares? That is so funny. Literally, if I accidentally forget to put on deodorant and I'm out of the house, I go to a CVS and purchase a travel size deodorant and put it on in the bathroom. Wow. Greta, what are your thoughts on deodorant? Go. Uh, I too am in the camp of being scared that I smell. Um, I want It's like time, one of my biggest fears. I mean, to me, like bad breath and smelling, yeah. it's yeah. mortifying. Like I can't deal with that. That being said, 
Well, okay. One time I hooked up with a guy and he told me that I, quote, smelled okay, which like was actually one of the most (laughs) mortifying things anyone's ever said to me in my life. And that has always fucked me up. And I always think, too, that like women, especially when we're teenage girls, we get obsessed with this idea that our vaginas just like reek. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even though they absolutely do not. But when you're young, you're like, my I'm going to stink like vagina or whatever. So I think there's a lot of compounded uh, scent complexes on me that I deal with. But I would just like to say, similar to Sam, I'm I'm I fall into dirty girl camp like I I am not. Guess what? I don't shower every day. Okay, I'm just going to put it out there. I do what you know, what we like to call a whore's bath. You know, (laughs) I I wash my (laughs) vagina. I wash my pits. I wash my crack every day. But sometimes, guess what? I don't fully submerge. I don't fully submerge. (laughs) And, um, you know, I think that's European and chic of me, to be honest with you. My skin stays moisturized longer. And Uh ain't nothing that a little spritz of Byredo perfume can't fix. Okay. And that's what I'm going to say about that. I I violently disagree with this analysis. (laughs) And I will, in your defense, in your defense, Greta, I've never in my life been around you and and smelled anything but a gorgeous, stunning Parisian woman on her way to have a spritz. Thank you. However, however, I've heard this from a lot of American people that it's more European not to shower, but strangely, I've only heard it from American people. It's like American people <laughs> being like, yeah, I'm European because I don't shower. I've never heard a European person be like, oh, yeah, I don't shower. Well, it's I very like, it's, <laughs> well, because like, it's lived in. That's because yeah. it's lived in. Right, right. <laughs> it's culture that's been around for a long time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They don't think to mention it there. No. Yeah, I mean, like, we, like, like we don't say like, oh, I'm getting McDonald's today because it's just assumed we eat McDonald's yeah, daily. Facts, you know what I mean? You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> I also think too, it's like, to me, it's the same thing of like, if you have a friend that smokes cigarettes, you're like, oh, she's European. You know what I mean? Like, oh, whatever, like European, like smoke cigarettes chic when you're European, you know? So I think it's like might fall under that umbrella as well. Like I'm not showering because I'm nasty. I'm not showering because I'm actually extremely educated and culturally more of a Francophile. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, in a not oh wait, did you have an, a point to this, George? Before I no, I was gonna, no, no. I was gonna say my famous, famous joke that I don't like mayonnaise because I'm white. I like it because I'm a francophile. But please keep mm. going. That's very I good. That. I do love that. What That's about good? Good job. <laughs> what about? I mean, I love it when people say that they and my Abe does this. He says he doesn't like mayonnaise, but he likes aioli. No, that's such bullshit. No, it's I feel the, the exact same, same way. Thing. Aioli has flavor in it. Aioli has flavor in it. Wait, so you feel like Abe? Sam? Yeah, I feel like Abe. When there's a chipotle aioli, I'm like, well, now we're talking. <laughs> but if someone's, mean, like, sure if someone's adds- like just mayonnaise, you're like, yuck. I'm like, pig. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> 
Um, I I want to say people in LA when Greta and I walk around, one assume I'm her husband uh-huh. constantly. One literally they assume I'm Abe, and also they assume like and if they don't know Abe, they just assume we are yes. together. And it was so weird to be perceived as um straight for for such an extended period of time. Well, for LA standards, you're like mask. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, say they that. Like cast you on The Bachelor there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That Sam gets street cast to be on The Bachelor. They're like, we see you with this gorgeous, dirty blonde girl. Literally dirty, not dirty blonde as in dirty, her filthy. color. Yeah, yeah, filthy. She smells bad, yeah. but she's hot and she has something. <laughs> yeah, we want to see her on screen. Yeah, put this both is of them on the screen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh well. Wow. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We are both dealing with such different issues in our day-to-day lives. You have a full-time job in Los Angeles. You've had to uproot your home. You've had to, you have to figure out work-life balance. Meanwhile, I am a freelancer in New York City. How do I fit it all in one day? How do I create my own schedule? What am I, some boss lady in a film? You know, it's so hard. You have to be boss and employee. But you know what? We can't keep these things bottled up. You know, we need to let them out. That's right. People all carry around different stressors, both big and small. And when you bottle them up, it can start to affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I'll tell you something. Therapy in the past for me has been just a place where once a week I can tell someone what I'm thinking of in a safe and enclosed space where no one can enter and ask me to send an email because it is my time and it is my time for therapy. And everyone deserves that in all across this great nation. Yeah. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and hey, suited for your schedule. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Stradio today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Stradio. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Should we do our first segment? Let's do our first segment because let me tell you something. I am ready to dive into our topic afterwards. Uh oh. Um, well, Greta, our first segment is called Straight Shooters. And in this segment, we ask you a series of rapid fire questions to judge your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture. It's this thing or this other thing. And the rule is you can't ask any follow up questions or we will yell at the top of our lungs for help. Okay. Um, Sam, that's the best you've ever done at introducing the segment. Thank you. I felt like, you know, I just felt like I needed rest. And mm-hmm. once I had some rest, I was able to really hit it hard. Yeah. Greta, are you ready? I'm dying. I'm I'm throbbing on the edge of my seat. <laughs> Ooh. George, kick us off, if you will. Okay. Greta Teitelman. Yes. The search for extraterrestrial life or the church of Latter-day Saints? The search for extraterrestrial life. True. Okay, Greta. Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, or FKA Twigs, Tears in the Club? FKA mm. Twigs, Tears in the Club. Correct. Greta. <laughs> Kyle XY or Jamie XX? Mm. Jamie XX. Wow. Greta. Corn dog or horn dog? Horn dog. <laughs> Greta. Being a moralizing scold or having a humanizing cold? Being immoral. Wait, being a moralizing scold or having a humanizing cold? Correct. A cold that humanizes you. Was that a question? Or a scold that immoralizes me? No, you're that much. Questions. First of all, Grady, you're asking literally <laughs> upwards of fifteen questions. <laughs> but because I'm feeling, because I'm feeling nice, and because I'm feeling kind, and because I, because you hosted my dear friend Sam, <laughs> I will say that it is being a moralizing scold, like someone who's like okay, scolding I see. About yeah, 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 matters. about moral matters. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say having a humanizing cold. Yeah. Okay. Reese with her spoon or Reese without her spoon? Um. <laughs> I think honestly, I think That's I'm gonna one. I think I'm gonna go with Reese without her spoon. Yeah. I'd like to see her without her spoon because yeah. guess what? I'll say this about well, let me let me do a last one, and then I have more to say about Reese without her spoon. Greta, checking your baggage at the door or roasting a cabbage because you're working on your core? Roasting a cabbage because I'm working on my core. Okay, I have one more, too. Okay. Okay, Greta, a free and fair election or a wet and wild military takeover? <laughs> definitely a wet and wild military. No, definitely a free and fair election, <laughs> Sam. Come on. Yeah. Free and fair election. Okay, no one wants to have no one wants to have fun anymore. That was a gotcha. <laughs> Sam, Sam, you knew that Greta would be so taken with the idea of something being wet and wild that you thought yeah. she was going to be pro-military. But she said, no, 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 sweetheart. No. I know that a free and fair election trumps a military intervention. Don't try and use your wet and wild no. witchcraft on me, honey. It's not going to work today. Okay? I, I, I do want to say, though, about Reese without her spoon, like, I would I would genuinely like to see more performances where it's Reese without her spoon because Greta for context Sam and I Sam and I just watched Wild which is really Mm. one of my all time favorite movies and one of the all time Reese Witherspoon performances and yes she's great in it but I think she could be even more without her spoon in that you film. You do? I think, At what I think, points? I mean, you've already discussed this on the pod, I'm sure, but... No, 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 it's okay. Well, it was a Patreon exclusive, so I'm more than happy to tease some of it here on a free please app. Please do, please do. Tease a little bit. I, tease I, a little away. I, I, well, Sam made the point that 
with Reese Witherspoon, there are always times when you are aware that you're watching Reese Witherspoon, like the way she inten- the way she speaks, the way she, you know, the cadence of her sentences. And even in Wild, even though she is so clearly lost in the character of a woman taking a hike, sometimes you're like, well, it's Reese Witherspoon taking a hike. Right. Here's my question. What? Yeah. Because I find a lot of Reese and her contemporaries, Jennifer Aniston, I'll even mm-hmm. like toss Anne Hathaway in there, even though she's younger. Yeah. But like of the Reese contemporaries, of the people in that Reese stratosphere of stardom, who do you think really falls away? Like who is an actress that you watch and you're like, I don't even clock that right, they are right. them because like when oh, I watch Jennifer Aniston mm. act, for example, I always think to myself, oh, I'm watching Jennifer Aniston act. That's I Jennifer never... Aniston. Right. But yeah. like when... even though she is a comedic genius of and course, that can't be denied beyond like I'm not but saying... she is still Jennifer Aniston. By the way, let's not conflate clocking that they're the actress with them being a bad actress. With them being a good... Uh, that is so true, Greta. That is so true. Yeah. Because guess who... Guess who... You know who the first person I'm thinking of is? Charlize Theron. I'm like... George, yes. I was going to say the exact same thing. Yeah. And I was like, I can't tell if it's like ignorance no. or truth. Like, But I was I'm like, trying to think like, yes, she disappears into her roles. Am I still aware that I'm watching Charlize? I think that yeah. like Monster is an example. That was a movie. Yeah. And I think the reason why we were all so like, holy shit. Like, I did not see Charlize in that movie at all. Not, yeah. not a fucking no, that's true. peep. But that's why she mm-hmm. won the Oscar for it. Because there was not Of course. A but moment. I will say in that, in that film, she was wearing like full face. I mean, not prosthetics, but like she was fully, she fully had a different face in that yes. movie. Which yes. does... Yeah help with disappearing into the role it's tough because i do think that like it is i think that younger because the the job has just gotten different and we have less and less movie stars it's just become mm-hmm. more niche pockets of entertainment and less like monoculture throughout time i think that our version of movie stars now are fewer and further between than like totally the Reese generation where we're watching these people. Like, I don't know when I see Anne Hathaway act, I'm like, it's Anne Hathaway and I'm watching her. act. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have a good one. Oh, but good, she might please. be younger. I, and I might be wrong here, but like, I kind of feel like Amanda Seyfried is like inching. That's a good one. I don't know what Amanda Seyfried's like real personality is like i couldn't even like pin down her like voice if and i think that's like, why it, it's helpful it's kind of tough i think that's why it's helpful because yeah, yeah. we don't know who she is i feel the same way about like cape lanchette in some ways i'm kind of like i think cape lanchette does disappear i think when i'm i think that like when i'm watching tar i'm like that's lydia tar that's not cape lanchette when i'm watching notes on a scandal one of my faves of all time i'm like this oh, is a oh. this is that person not cape lanchette I mean, her, I've, uh, I once, when I was working with our dear friend, Matt Rogers, we, our rap gift to him was a t-shirt that said, you want to fuck me, Barbara, which is one of the lines that Kate Blanchett says in Notes on a Scandal. A t-shirt, which, a t-shirt, which Matt Rogers wears all the time. I, yes, I'm aware. (laughs) Wow. I I wonder, like, you know, Rachel Weisz? 
Oh yeah, that's a good one. Are, sure, I sure, would say sure. I would say because she's done a good job of keeping her personal life out of the tabloid, so I can I can you know step up to whatever she's she's putting forth. This is hard. Um, whenever it gets into like actress territory, I get sweaty. I get a little mm. like oh, like like I like it's like a little bit like I wish I had like a list of names to pull from. Not that I don't know. Like it's just like. I feel like I'm being quizzed in a way where it's like, mm, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for the quiz. This is one of, this is like, I, I, this is, I feel like as long as I've known you, it has been one of your insecurities. It's a, yeah, it is. It's a blind spot. And it's like a spot where I'm like, it's not that I don't know these people, but like conjuring them. It's like hard to remember all like the, the recall when well, it's you're not like a, trying to, it's not a passion of yours. It's yeah. not a huge passion. Um, but yeah. before, before we, before me, me now running the podcast, before we move on to the topic, I just want to say one mm -hmm. more thing. Please yeah. run the podcast. You know who, what gen of actress girlies I think are really fucked and can never disappear into the role ever? It's all the Disney, it's all the Disney divas. And I feel, and I feel for them. You know, it's the Hillary Duffs. It's the Miley Cyruses. Oh, well, it's yeah. the Lindsay Lohans. It's like that kind of generation where I'm just like, or it's the girls from Pretty Little Liars. It's the CW family. It's that, you yeah. know? Yeah. Well, they're hired to to be that, I feel. They're like supposed to just be like, my friend's in this movie and you're never supposed to feel like they're losing themselves in the role. Right. I, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, the only actress of that generation that managed truly by the skin of her teeth to achieve superstardom was Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Like she is a movie star. Of, she is the only movie star of that caliber, like of the sort of, you know, um, I don't know, uh, uh, of the Sandra Bullock caliber of that generation. Right. I mean, maybe Emma Stone. Emma Stone. But Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Margot yeah. Robbie. Emma Stone. Margot. But Margot Robbie, I feel like the doubts, everyone has their doubts with Margot. She's queen. I love I love that Margot. She's good. She's good. Margot, if you're listening, I want to be friends. I feel like we'd really get along. I have a pool now. You can come for a dip. <laughs> no. I think if you wanted to befriend Margot Robbie, you could. Yeah. Thank you. She's oh definitely God. our biggest listener. She was the one that was DMing George nonstop about the punk thing. Yeah, she, she was, was like, like really stupid faggot. Stupid ass. <laughs> stupid ass. <laughs> Mm. Um. Well, shall we get into our topic? Let's do it. I'm scared that it's not going to be a popular one. No, it's going to be really good. You know what I'm nervous about? Can I what? just say, because I'm so comfortable talking to you and because I feel like very, um, there's a sort of happy hour, middle of the, uh, or, or like late in the workday happy hour energy. I keep having to remind myself that I have to be on. I keep being like, oh my God, you're, you're supposed to be entertaining right now. Mm. I literally keep like, Taking a back seat. I mean, this is totally. when I get sleepy. This is when I get sleepy in the day. I guess. I guess. Is so it hard. me? Is but it I'm, me? No, it is not you oh at all. Oh my god, it could it's, never if, be you. It is literally like I feel so comfortable <laughs> that I, 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 I'm actually sort of shocked and offended that no waiter has come to my office to, to, to say, would you like the the daily sour cocktail mm. or the daily sweet or wait, what is it? Sour bitter or the daily bitter cocktail. Mm. Bars do that? I've never heard of this. Me moment. either. Well, Romans does it in Fort Greene. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Wow. It's it's uh, it's sort of their fun thing. You go there and they say, we have a daily bitter cocktail and a daily sour cocktail. What do you choose? Huh. Well, I love that. 
Yeah, what do you choose? I usually do bitter. I was going to say, what, do you guys what would bitter. you guys choose? I would choose bitter. Yeah. I would choose bitter. Yeah. There's something about bitter that feels more, uh, not more adult, but more sophisticated. Yeah. Sour, it's like, okay, what, what do you want, a Sour Patch Kid? Well, also sour, uh, sour makes me think more like tangy, which makes me think it'll be a little syrupy. Totally. Whereas yeah. bitter feels like it'll be more like a real cocktail. Yeah, like stronger, like bitter, like bitter. You're like sour. You're like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, I'd yeah, rather no, that's just a little different. Take a sip and be like, then like, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, that's bitter is. Yeah. And sour is. Exactly. <laughs> you know point. what I'm saying? That is such a good point. Yeah. That, no, that's so genius. It is. Yeah. Wow. Yes. George, do you want to do your bitter and sour face? Well, bitter for me is more, <laughs> whereas sour is a little more. Wow. And you did the sour wow. pucker. That I did sour pucker. That yeah. was such a different read. I, yeah. I find that so amazing. That was gorgeous. Do you find that, um, I find that as I get older, you would think I would care less about a drink being perfect because it's like, I have moved on to other things. I have, you know, multiple children with multiple partners. I'm raising them. We are applying for private schools. However, I have found that the older I get, the more in a childlike way, I'm like, if this fucking daily bitter cocktail is not to my liking, I will flip out. I I couldn't I, agree more. The way I that as I get more. older, I couldn't agree more. I am on the verge of a breakdown at every single moment, <laughs> specifically around food and drink. Me too. If the food and the drink is not right, I'm ready to freak out. I yeah. I almost had a meltdown with Sam because Sam and I had been talking. We were like, we want yes. a gorgeous martini. And guess what? I know people are not going to believe this. Los Angeles the town has some fabulous places for martinis here, okay? So I'm like, we're going to get a martini. And I list to Sam my spots for us to get martinis. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there we, were many options. There were many options. And we settled on one because I was like, you know what? Great bar to sit at. Yummy little snacky foods, a little French, you know, a little, a little gorgeous martini. Perfect. We show up restaurant closed okay it was closed closed it was closed the restaurant was closed yeah the restaurant was permanently closed permanently <sighs> closed for like kitchen work or something like that but yeah. my friend and i had a conversation with my dear friend ian who is literally plugged in to the scene of los angeles he didn't even know that this place was closed for renovation so then i panic okay because i'm like mm -hmm. now we need the fucking martini because now I'm obsessed. And so you went somewhere where I see, I see. And you went somewhere that you had not confirmed had good martinis. Is that what happened? We went somewhere that I knew had a good bar situation. Right, right. But honey, right. you can have a good bar situation and not know how to make a fucking Without martini, it. okay? It's true. And I got very it's nervous. True. But to our, to our pleasure... The martini was good. Was the martini amazing? Was were my fucking tits blowing off my body to this martini? No. Did we enjoy no, our martinis? No. Did we sit and eat adequate fries and crab cakes? Yes. yes. But I will say yeah. it had me on edge. I was like spiraling out. I was spiraling out. No, it brings you back to this childlike state where you're like, 
ready to basically break down in tears if your toy is not the right one. Correct. Oh, and it also was just like, I, I could feel Greta feeling the pressure of being like, I need to show Sam a great yeah. night in Los Angeles. And that pressure was like really getting to her and I was then sort of being the one that's like it's okay it's okay yeah and yeah. It was Sam like, coached oh, me wow, through this- it Sam coached me through <laughs> it because I we got to the next place and I was like let's leave and Sam was like you know what we're already sitting hostess thinks yeah. we're on a date hostess fully thinks we're about to fuck and <laughs> let's not ruin it for her no, she wants not, us to fuck let's not ruin the <laughs> illusion of perfection you know, so yeah, we had our drink, we had a little food, and then we went back to the bar where that was just a bar, no food, had another great little yeah. martini, and then went to Akbar where Sam got recognized for this podcast. So honestly, everything worked well, out. Well, if you're not going to get recognized at Akbar, then, uh, <laughs> then, then we have problems, what are you doing honey? this for? Yes. We fully have a problem. <laughs> Yeah, it was actually an incredible night. And even the moment of danger at the beginning, I think, yeah. only added to the joy. Of yes. course, of yes. course. And you know, the thing with the the thing with being dissatisfied with a drink is, you know, the three of us are enlightened people who know that it's not the server's fault and it's not the waitstaff's fault. No. Our lives would be so much easier if we were the type of people that would react violently towards a service <laughs> worker. Yes. Because you would at least get that anger out. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I've always said this. Everyone should have a everyone should have access to the CEO of a company when they want to make a complaint, because then you can be as angry as you want with no guilt about it, because the CEO is still going to make billions and billions of dollars. If I could if when I was sad because my, you know, Verizon Internet wasn't working, if I could talk to the CEO of Verizon and, you know, take a cup of my own piss and pour it on his head, that would literally be a better feeling than fixing my Internet. I agree. Yeah. Wow. I totally agree. Um, <clears throat> well, then, okay, now we should get into the okay. topic. So, Greta, uh, <laughs> we would love to know, A, what the topic you brought tonight is, and B, what about it you find straight? Okay, so the topic that I am bringing today is jersey knit sheets, Okay specifically, you know, the fabric jersey knit. If you're unfamiliar, it is sort of that worn, soft, stretchy, cottony fabric found a lot Mm -hmm. in college dorm rooms across the country. It is supremely soft. It's giving you that pre-wash feel. It's warm. It's snuggly. Okay. It is wrinkle-free. And I mean, can't get a wrinkle in it for the life of it because there's fucking no (laughs) natural fiber in there. And uh, yeah, it's to me, it is sort of a cornerstone for developing straight men, I would say. But, you know, I'll also put it on. I'll put it on some some women, some straight women as well. But I just think that jersey knit it's it's comfortable it's as we discussed before starting the pod it is function over form and Mm -hmm, i kind of think that being straight as a whole kind of the thesis to being straight is function over form you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i kind of think jersey knit sheets sort of encompass that i think Uh, placing it in a college setting is really apt 
because I was like, <clears throat> what is my experience with jersey sheets? And it's like, oh, I had them in college. And they're always a dark who color. I was or what I wanted. They're always a dark color. Well, Navy, brown, black. <laughs> and when you get cum on it, Lord help you. <laughs> Lord help you. <laughs> a dark color sheet is so cursed to me. It's Sheets wretched and disgusting. No, it is actually you're hiding something. You are hiding something. Yeah, it's exactly. not sexy. And it's also this shortcut to like something you think of from this very like 80s and 90s mindset. You think of it as more sophisticated because it's like more um, sexy because it's black and it's more manly or something. And it's more like bachelor patty. But all you're doing is showing your ass and showing that you have no taste. <laughs> It's yeah, I do find it a little bit sexy in the 90s, like businessman way. Um, like if I were to go over to some guy's house and he had those sheets it, as a costume, I would be like, this is hot. Like uh -huh. I would be like this, this I can get into mentally, but I would never have them in my own home. And if you had no. dark sheets, it would be like, and again, this is equally embarrassing, but it would be a sort of like expensive, like silk, like, yeah, it would be Navy sexy fabric or something. Or something. Or it would be just your duvet. It would be just the top, like to sleep sure. kind of enrobed, in, engulfed in dark fabric. No. <laughs> it's 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 yeah. bound to give you a bad dream. I mean, it's demonic. Let's yeah. just say it. It's demonic. It's de it's it's, it's demon demonic. Yes. It's of the devil. I mean, nothing is worse than a burgundy sheet. Sorry. Had to say it. Burgundy? A burgundy sheet. Oh, yeah. Uh, terrible. You're hiding blood, honey. <laughs> a burgundy. And then do, do you feel like when we were in college, another sort of trend at the time was like when people would be like, it's T-shirt fabric, T-shirt sheets. That's but isn't jersey that knit. Jer that is jersey knit. Yeah, that's jersey yeah. knit. But that's like, that was such a big, it was like, I mean, it was a sort of a game changer that to be advertised as like, well, you know, your most comfortable worn in T-shirt why would you not sleep in that? Why would you not want your whole body to be to be enveloped in that? Okay. And it's like, well, because there's a place in time. Yeah. And Sheet comfort is complicated. Yes. Because it is like you don't want to go for the jersey knit. But there is like, but then you do get into like thousand thread count or whatever. Mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. like, okay, so we want it to be comfortable. But what is the right kind of comfort? See, I want my bed to be slightly uncomfortable. I want my bed mm. to remind me I'm mere mortal, okay? Mm -hmm. I want to get into my bed. I want the sheets to be stiff. I want the bed to be I cold. I want I it agree. to feel clean and cold. And I want to feel like I'm the stinky little worm in the hole. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want it yeah. to feel like I'm in a cocoon of comfort. No. no. Because and what you're describing is the is the the orgasmic pleasure of a hotel bed. Yes. Yeah. A hotel bed is never going to have t-shirt sheets. That would be disgusting. Oh, if I walked into a hotel and it had t-shirt sheets, I would ask for my money back and call in a bomb threat. Because yeah. they need to be put out of business. Yes, they do. I mean, <laughs> t-shirt sheets over the age of twenty-five. Ah, uh, you're on the watch list, honey. Okay, I'm just, let me just put it to you that way. 
No, but wow. you are so right about the stiffness. Like I should when I'm trying to when I'm trying to get into my bed, it should be a struggle. Yes. The sheet should be like under deep under the, yes. the mattress. So I should tight. be using both both hands to pry the bed open. Correct. To attempt to put myself in. And you and you can't really, you know what I mean? You can't really, you're yeah. still fighting. And then you get in the bed and then you're twisting yourself to get yourself in the comfortable mm-hmm. position. And then honestly, the reason why you fall yeah. asleep is exhaustion from fighting the bed. Ex- exactly. Exhaustion <laughs> from fighting the bed. And then of course the pure weight of yes. the, you know, the, Duvet. the, the, the heavy yes. mound of blankets that is over you. Yeah. I find sheet design to be exhausting. I find like, oh my God, I actually yes. feel like when it's like, okay, I want new sheets. It's like, okay, what the hell are we going to do now? Because it's like <laughs> anything you get is, has so many implications. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you put that on your bed. Like you love it that much. Like even like you can go in the like Brooklinen route and you have like this tasteful little gray grid. And it's like, sure, that's nice. But it's like, but now everyone knows I went the Brooklinen route and have this tasteful little gray grid. Can I tell you something? Brooklinen is the worst sheets I have ever purchased in my life. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I I would agree. And it is shocking because I don't have the level of cynicism um, I should about direct-to-consumer bed-specific things. Like, I have had a Casper mattress that I've been happy with. I've had other sheets that I've been happy with that are direct-to-consumer. Brooklinen is literally made of, like, tissue paper. (laughs) It's not good. Yeah, no, I fully agree. It's not good. It's not good. And guess what? You know where you should buy sheets? Literally, like, L.L. Bean, the Vermont Country Store, whatever that place is called. Like these, cl- there there are classics, classic mid-price options for a reason. You know where you can go? You can literally, if you want the best bedding section, go to Bloomingdale's. Mm-hmm. Do yourself a favor. Go to Bloomingdale's. You have a million options, yeah. even though I think there should be less options. I agree. But like... A million different price points, a million different brands that aren't fucking Brooklyn. And I will say direct to consumer parish parachute isn't bad. Parachute is Mm -hmm. better than Brooklyn. But I do agree. Like there's just too much. And it's like cotton, linen, mixed, sateen, jersey, silk. Like and then it's like then we get into thread counts and then we get into fucking Euro shams, standard shams. Like, and it's just like, honey, my head's popping off. <laughs> right. I literally want government issued military <laughs> sheets. <laughs> and I so I want everyone that walked into my home to to know. I didn't pick these out. These were government standard. Yeah. And, and I am yeah. actually threatened that I have to use them. I think what is so, uh, something that is so straight about Jersey Knit is that, you know, it, someone sort of looked at all these options and they were like, oh, well, you need to be a housewife to have time to sift through all of these. We're going to make it easy. This is like a t-shirt. Like you know the, the I- messaging of this is like a t-shirt is so, is so targeted to men that that can't that can't be bothered to go to Bloomingdale's third floor where the bedding is or it's like it's so it's to me it's the perpetuation of I'm gonna say it and people are gonna get mad at me mother to son coddling Mm. that is what a jersey knit sheet is it's like wow it's that you know, don't worry, baby. I will get you your sheets for college. They're jersey knit. It's like you're in your big favorite, 
you know, University of Michigan T-shirt. And guess what? You get to wrap yourself up in it every night. And guess what? You can just bring it home and I'll wash it for you once a goddamn semester. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is actually so smart. I That is really what they are. And because... Yeah, mommy buying it for a son. And because they don't get wrinkly, because it's not like a sustainable... It's literally just a fucking T-shirt. Like, you yeah. can... Your bed can always kind of look clean. Right. I want to say something. And that's that, like... Even on the basis of like, it's like a t-shirt that's inherently good. Mm -hmm. I don't, I think this like thing with t-shirts is like, they're not like the most comfortable things all the time. I completely agree. People, people fetishize t-shirts like, oh, my old t-shirt. Like I just want to be in my old t-shirt. And it's like, I'm, most of my t-shirts are like scratchy. Unless you're like throwing coin at like a fancy t-shirt, they're made shittily and like are uncomfortable. Like American Apparel is dead, sweetheart. Yeah. Like, the the soft T-shirt is over. So when people say T-shirt to mean comfort, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, I think what means it goes back to the well, of course, it goes back to the traditional family unit and the division between public and private, because in public, you're wearing a suit, you are wearing khakis, you're wearing a tie and you're wearing loafers. And then when you're finally out of work, you have finally pressed the button that's going to bomb some country. You get back home and then you can finally relax. That's when you're going to wear the old University of Michigan T-shirt. So it's, uh-huh. it's more that it symbolizes the private sphere and um, and that kind of comfort rather than that it literally is comfortable on your skin. Wow, you're 100% right. That's very wise. I also think that like jersey knit t-shirt culture at large to me is also very straight because like, you know, t-shirt- Well, it's giving Heather Gray. Yes, and Heather Gray, as we know, is the straightest color to ever exist. <laughs> it really is. Like, it's it's one, it's, sometimes I'll see it and I'll almost gasp. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, I personally do not participate in any Heathered, I have an aversion to Heathered anything. Remember that Heathered purple American apparel made really famous? Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, heathered color. Yeah. It's very much the the V-neck. It was the, I mean, it was the official V-neck color. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. And it's just, it's tough. It's a tough look. I, again, like, I just think that the concept of, you know, let's take this sweatshirt and make it my bed to me, it's mm-hmm, lazy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's lazy. Mm, it's not. It's absolutely. actually like it's actually not innovative. Some might be thinking, oh, well, isn't it so innovative that we just took T-shirts and made it huge and wrapped it around our mattresses? It's like, no, yes. actually, do you know what's innovative is like a batiked raw silk that's been spread across <laughs> a frame that's now mm-hmm. I am uncomfortably sinking beneath at mm-hmm. the Amangiri. Yeah. And you know what's innovative <laughs> is a variety of throw pillows in different shapes and sizes, each of which is dressed in a different texture. Correct. So that you are playing with both texture and shape. Yes. But I also think what you're saying about the, there's a sort of pseudoscience element of it. Like, like oh, look what we did. We invented this new fabric that's more comfortable and wrinkle-free. And I think pretending that there is technology in clothing is a very straight thing too. It reminds me of like work pants, like work pants that are 
um, you know, a stretch fabric with zippers and that can also turn into shorts. It's like bike to work pants. It's all I, like, yeah. I, it's like stain Tech proof. clothing drives me crazy. Stain proof stain dockers, yeah. sweat yes. wicking polo shirts. It's, it's all, I'm sorry. It's all to mask mm-hmm. being yucky. And again, let's it's not true. conflate being a little stinker with being yucky. Okay. Because yeah. those are two <laughs> different things. Those are two and by things. the way, you know, not to not to be uh, not to attack women, but this doesn't end at straight men because you know no. what else is part of this? Jeg- jeggings. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like the cons, you know, like jeggings or a sort of like, you know, like a, it's a, a duplicitous a, 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 one of thing. those like jackets that is also a scarf, an infinity scarf. Are you kidding me? Get oh, a normal scarf. Yeah. <laughs> Get a normal scarf. You know what? The, the version that makes me the most mad actually is like tech underwear. Like when people are yes. like, look how it bends perfectly. Or like the like your balls go in this part where your dick mm-hmm. goes in this part. And it's like, everyone stop it. Yes. Like wearing underwear isn't gay. You can just wear underwear. Like it is like this desperation to be like, oh, I'm doing this because technically it, it really lifts and helps and like the sweater sweat. And, the, and I'm like, shut up. Just wear underwear. It's but fine. Don't you think all of this is rooted? in like both insecurity and like well one insecurity by being like look at this cool underwear that I have that does all this stuff it's like what like you can't just feel confident and special in yourself wearing normal fucking underwear but also it's like it's like people just not wanting to admit that they don't want to get dressed in the morning in normal fucking real fucking clothes because like to me jeggings is the same thing as wearing sweatpants but it's masking itself as a leg as a jean but we all know it's a legging and it's like honey you're not fooling anyone just commit to either wearing a legging or wearing a jean, a, a, a denim. and I, uh, Completely, completely. Mm-hmm. It's so much more dignified to show up to a business meeting in full exercise clothes. And the people people there will assume like, oh, she's about to go to a soul cycle class after. That's fine. Like that's part of her day and she didn't have time to change. It is so much more dignified to do that than to wear some sort of like athleisure look that is meant to be like both business and uh, workout. I agree. It's, I mean, and honestly, it goes back to another topic I pitched, indecision, okay? Mm-hmm. All mm. of these things. It's like you just can't decide. So what did you do? Uh, yeah. You made your fucking bed a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, Greta. <laughs> wow. It, and also this, like, um, I'm trying to f- find the right way to phrase this, but it's like trying to fix things that don't need fixing Correct. Or trying to, or reinventing, reinventing something rather than just being like, is there something more like if I don't like my sheets, maybe I should just buy slightly nicer sheets. I don't have to reinvent the concept of sheets and make them a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's sort of, um, yeah, it's like not trusting like art. <laughs> it's like being like, well, is this good and they're like well why is it good and Mm -hmm. it's like well you're just supposed to sort of feel it and trust and like understand that it's good and they're like no i need to know the qualifications for why it is oh oh don't get me started everyone's a scientist all of a sudden oh everyone's a scientist can i also say that i let it be known i don't want people thinking that like 
I was always, you know, nose up to Jersey knit. If you don't think I begged my mother for Jersey knit sheets when I was leaving for college, you're out of your mind, honey. I wanted (laughs) Jersey knit sheets because all of my friends had Jersey knit sheets and I would sleep at my friend's house. I would sleep over at my friend's houses and they would have Jersey knit sheets. And I would think to myself, my God, like how comfy is this? But then my mom was just like, absolutely not. She laid down the hammer. She was like, mm-hmm. these, well, these, you'll get sweaty, 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 sweaty beyond. You know, it's too comfy. You're going to get too settled in that bed. Next thing well, you you'll get complacent. Be, yes, it's, it's, yeah. you will get complacent. Exactly. Uh, next thing that's you know, I'm a businesswoman. By yes, the way, I am a businesswoman. That, that's what a lot of the, and I'm not, this isn't even, we're not even talking about like toxic hustle culture here. We're talking like, you need to take control of your own life. And you can't do that if you're sleeping on a giant T-shirt. No, no, you you literally can't. Your life, if like, this is honestly a message to any adults listening to this, sleeping on Jersey knit sheets. You are not in control of your life. No. Wow. And wow. and I think the fetishization of comfort too is a straight, yes. is a straight thing. Yes. Everyone's yeah. obsessed, yeah. obsessed with being comfortable. Look how comfortable this is. Sit on this chair. Isn't it so comfortable? Sit in my car. Isn't it so comfortable? <laughs> I don't want it to be. I don't want it yeah, to next be. Next thing you know, you're going to be wearing all birds sneakers. Correct. Oh, don't even get me started. I mean, it's also like if you can be a little bit comfortable with uncomfort, like the way that you will move through this world. Exactly. That's you the key to success. So much grace. It's the key to and success. success. Just yeah, be okay yeah, with a little yeah, bit of have fun. Guess what? Have fun being comfortable. I'll be building character in my sleep every night. <laughs> and yeah, and, I have and a when breakdown the... when I get the wrong drink. <laughs> but that's okay because I've been being uncomfortable all damn day and this is my one comfort and I'm allowed to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Do we think that some of our greatest minds like Lady Gaga is sleeping in jersey knit sheets? No. Oh, can you please? Maybe maybe when she's preparing to play Lady Joker because she's in yeah, character as the exactly. Joker. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. Gaga sleeps on Jersey and cheats to prepare for her role as Lady Joker. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Uh, I mean, she probably does. Lady Joker. She, she probably, probably does. She probably does more fucked yeah. up shit. And they're that. covered in blood, too. They're is burgundy. That what you, is that what they're you want to be, listener? I don't think so. And they're burgundy, yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I mean, I kind of think we like covered it. Yeah. I mean, like what else could we possibly say? The heights we reached. Uh, Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, I really think there's a whole episode to be had about technology and clothing. Like I really think, and I actually think technology and clothing is also related to things like cronuts, like trying to once again, like invent something new for the sake of inventing something new as though a donut and a croissant are in both literal perfect pastries. And I think it all goes back to, I mean, it basically goes back to the destruction of the middle class and the end of connoisseurship because all these, (laughs) if you wanted to basically you want to be a connoisseur about something. You want to you want to be knowledgeable about something. It should be like high art. It should be art. It should be ballet. It should be the opera. But when you can't afford those things, then you are forced to develop strong opinions about cronuts and about and about t-shirt sheets. But don't you think? Bear with me here. Don't you think that the payoff with a cronut mm-hmm. is greater yeah. than the payoff with technology and clothes? Because uh, well, a hundred percent. 
like you at least get to have this gorgeous sensory experience of the pastry in your mouth of Mm -hmm. being like, wow, like this donut mixed with croissant, like amazing. Oh, my God. And you have this moment where I think what I find particularly laughable about like tech in clothing is the amount of people that buy it and the percentage of people in that amount that actually are utilizing whatever that tech may be. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's very true. It's like bike to work. Like 90% of people that buy the buy bike to work pants are not biking to work. Right. Or it's oh, like, honey, I mean, I'm wearing Carhartt and I ain't never done. And you're no never going to. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think about people that wear like sport, literally like wicking fabrics to their offices. I'm like, yeah. doll, you're not running a tough mutter. Like what you're sitting at your desk. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? It, like, I know. It doesn't make sense. And and it's like, and it's like going to the gym. Yes. That's a time and a place. You're getting sweaty. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. But like to just be in it day to day, wearing like techie clothes day to day, just to move about the world as is. It's like we used to do this naked, you know? Yeah. We didn't need we tech. We used to do this naked. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. it's so true. Damn. <sighs> Damn. So sad. Really makes you think. Really we makes you think. get this country back on track. <laughs> <laughs> We got to get everyone working naked again so they can really uh, see what their clothes are bringing to them. Naked, Um, no showers, no deodorant, no comfort, just sleeping on rocks. Spartan lifestyle. Let's go. No martinis, Um, honey. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't take it that far. (laughs) Not even at 6 p.m.? I think let's do our fun. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast. 
to live and die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Oh, life is short. Why not? Life is short. Um, Greta, our final segment is called Shoutouts. And in this segment, uh, it's in homage to the Grand Street tradition of the radio shoutout. And we just give a shout out to anything that we enjoy. Um, so imagine it's 2001, you're at TRL shouting out to your squad back home but about anything that you like. And I actually have one and I'm ready to go if that's okay. Okay, go. What's up, freaks, losers, and lovers? I want to give a huge shout out to the Before Blank series. Mm. Before midnight, before sunrise, before sunset. Not in that order. But I watched two of these movies on the way to Los Angeles, California, where movies are made. And I was so obsessed with them. And I was like, oh my God, I have been meaning to see these movies for so long. And now I'm seeing them. And I love them. Talk about straight movies. I mean, it's just one guy one girl and the power of love but it is so grounded and so emotional and I found myself so deeply moved and I watched Before Midnight last night to finish off the trilogy my ass is crying these movies are so good I couldn't believe it Ethan Hawke's great uh, but Julie Delpy's to die for um, and I actually stand Richard Linklater I think I think it's safe to say that I think <laughs> it does make me think so much about time and about life and about relationships and he's like the only bitch really doing it he i can't believe this guy so shout out to the before blank trilogy if you haven't seen it i recommend and i if you have seen it then thank you for welcoming me into your life um i love you all xoxo sam wow wow sam it's such a such a uh, 180 from your uh, from your whole theory about how everything is boyhood now and that's bad well, it's not that it's bad, it's that it's ripping him off, actually. It's ripping it's him off. It's that they saw, they took what worked at Boyhood and sort of bastardized it. Because yeah. I do think, even watching this, I'm like, no, this is, when done, like, grounded and thoughtfully, this is so interesting. Yeah, it's great. To, like, actually look at time. But the way that people are, honestly, this made me even think more that everything is Boyhood. Because this works so well. And then you watch, like, Top Gun Maverick, and they're trying to make it Boyhood and be like, look how mm-hmm. much time has passed. And I yeah. feel just emptiness and I feel mm. no heart and no soul and so it's uh, it sucks that people are manipulating it I know I know and guess what don't get me started about Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 uh oh everything is boyhood everything is boyhood is it gonna I, hurt and I, or do you think it'll be I good I say that with all hurt. the love in my heart oh. that family should stay in Chicago there's no reason for them to go to Greece 
Yeah. Uh, there's nothing for there's nothing for them there potentially. It's not gonna work out. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start there. Um, okay, I I can you know what I I, I have a shout out. Um What's up, freaks and geeks out there? That's right, the the show from Judd Apatow that was canceled too early. Justice for freaks and geeks. Make it boyhood and bring it back. But guess what? That's not my shout out. My shout out is, okay, my shout out is, guess what? That's right. Everyone knows I was um, laid off from a website that shuttered recently and everyone knows that we are in the midst of a writer's strike. That amounts to very little work for old George. And that means... Finding things to do in the most expensive city in the world that are free and or cheap. And let me tell you something. I have just the thing for you. Have you heard of art galleries? Have you heard of gallery hopping? Have you heard of the app Seesaw, which lists every gallery in your city and then has a little editor's pick section where they can tell you which ones the editors pick? Have you heard of opening a New Yorker and going to the art section, seeing what is in the section called at the galleries? And then have you heard going into your closet, putting on your most insane outfit and going alone, so people think you're an art buyer, from gallery to gallery, wearing head to toe vintage Comme de Garçon and looking at a series of mixed media works. And guess what? At the end, you can go to a bar and you can get a martini. Guess how much that whole entire day cost? The cost of a martini. I love that. That's amazing. What a beautiful shout out. Gorgeous shout out. I'm telling you. I love that. Perfect day. It really is. And I love, I've always, you know, I I sort of, it's one of those things where it's like once a month, I'll sort of remember about galleries and I'll be like, oh, how fun. I can just go, I can just go, you know, go in and out and I'll like find out about an artist I've never heard of and and whatever. And then sometimes you stumble into, you stumble into genius. And, you know, I I love, love I love the phrase once a month, not phrase, sentence, once a month you'll remember about galleries. Yeah. <laughs> Just once a month. Because I'm not in the art world. No. I'm not in the art world. You know, it's not no. a big, it's not a big part of my life. Small and I'm certainly, I'm certainly not purchasing any, uh, any of the art. Oh God, no. And not because you don't have the money. No. No. And you know what, you know, of course, oh my God, of course. <laughs> Just to Sam, be clear, don't even it is say a choice. That. Of course, of course. Because the art isn't at the quality that you no, Exactly. Want. It's because I believe yeah. the global art market is a fucking joke. <laughs> um, but it is. It's just like, you know, you have these, you know, you have these options in your head. You're like, okay, I could go to a restaurant. I could go to a bar. I could go to the park. What about a gallery? Yep. There um, you go. Okay, should I do mine? Is Because I yes. feel like yeah. this is supposed to be about something like in straight culture, correct? No, no, no. Oh, no it can no. be. It, it, this is the the connection to straight oh. culture is just that it is the a form. radio shout out. So the form is a very straight form. Oh my god! It's anything I like at the moment right now. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it can be truly anything. My god. <sighs> the other week I shouted out shrimp. Okay, I was gonna shout out potato chips, but you should. Okay, I will. You know what? I'm just going to say, hey, all you losers and freaks and absolute sickos out there. I just want to shout out potato chips. Okay, potato chips. Guess what? They're always there for you and they're always good. Mm. You can rely on them. They are dependable. They are also at your fingertips everywhere you turn, not just in this country, but in every other country in the world. You have access to a potato chip. They are global and they hit 
the fucking spot, okay? If I'm grumpy, they brighten my day. If I'm hungover, they cure me. If I'm in an emergency on the verge of a hunger meltdown on the highway and I have to stop at a fucking gas station, they are there waiting for me. They are crunchy. They are fresh. They are never stale. And guess what? They come in a million different flavors, so I never get sick of them, okay? They're salty. They're delicious. They're perfect. They're potato chips. And you know what? That's the platform I'm running on. That is what unifies us as a people, potato chips. No, that's so beautiful. I actually was on a road trip recently and stopped and was a little hungry, but it wasn't quite lunchtime yet. And I picked up Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Mm. And... Ooh, baby, I was in heaven. Yeah. And just like that. I love, um, I know this is almost like a, uh, there's something about this that feels very like internet culture and dumb, but when other countries have different flavors of chips oh, it's so that fun. they don't have here, I oh, live yeah. for it. Oregano. I love the oregano chips in Greece. Delicious. Oregano chips in Greece. I was about to say it's, it's so, I mean, I grew up on those. It's like, ugh. Ketchup chips in Canada? Yeah, I mean, you know what? I might go get a little pack of Cape Cods right now. Let's do that. Uh Delicious, crunchy, kettle cooked. Um, Well, Greta, thank you so much for being back on the podcast. This has been an absolute delight. Thank you so much for having me. I had, as as expected, the most fabulous time of my life. (laughs) And Greta, I hope you have a gorgeous sleep in your rigid, solid, rock hard sheets tonight. (laughs) Thank you. I will. I hope to wake up with back pain. (laughs) All right. Well, see you at Art Basel. (laughs) Bye. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.